You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. To quote my guest, the U.S. Global Health Service would be a small program with a big footprint. Like the Peace Corps, it would say something about the United States, a message the world needs to hear. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Kathleen Margolin, and joining me from Washington, D.C. is my guest, Dr. Fitzhugh Mullen. Dr. Mullen is the Murdoch Head Professor of Medicine and Health Policy at the George Washington University School of Public Health and Professor of Pediatrics at the George Washington University School of Medicine. Welcome, Dr. Mullen. Thank you, Dr. Margolin. Dr. Mullen, that was a powerful statement that you made at the end of an article published in the Journal of the American Medical Association this year. You feel that the least we could do in the United States would be to send some healthcare professionals from the U.S. to work in the countries that have given us 25% of our physicians at the expense of their own healthcare systems. I think we are a big and generous people in the United States at the risk of sounding like a candidate on the stump. Uh, But I do think that uh, the level of idealism inherent in the American concept and in the American people, and particularly in the American medical profession, is real and substantial. We have many physicians who go abroad, uh, have gone abroad uh, under a variety of mechanisms, uh, non-governmental organizations for the most part, some faith-based, some secular, a few that have served with uh, governmental agencies, uh, few that work through contractors, often uh, contracted by USAID and others to go abroad. But over the years, it's been, compared to the size of the American workforce, the number of American physicians, of which we have 800,000 today, uh, it's been uh, quite small and since symbolic, but not organized or coordinated. And outside of the Centers for Disease Control that sends epidemiologists on a fairly regular basis, it is not really a regular, well-articulated, flag-carrying component of what we as a people do through a government program. Uh, And I was privileged to chair a group at the Institute of Medicine a couple of years ago that met to deliberate this, and the group itself came up with the concept of a global health service, which would be a governmental agency, the U.S. Global Health Service, that would feature five elements together, uh, a medley of programs that would mobilize many more U.S. health professionals to work abroad and provide them support in doing that. You, you likened that program to a Peace Corps for Health that would work to treat and prevent AIDS in 15 countries. Can you tell us more about this concept? Peace Corps, as a non-former Peace Corps volunteer, just a Peace Corps observer and fan, the Peace Corps has done a number of very important things for the countries it served and the United States. It's provided technical assistance, it's provided fresh hands and fresh hearts to work on uh, tough problems, teaching, agriculture, sanitation around the world for almost a half century now, 40 years, I guess. Secondly, in the United States, it's given uh, many young people and some not-so-young people opportunity to work abroad, learn the world. And finally, it's provided them the opportunity to come home. And as they continue in their chosen paths in life, vocational, uh, political, religious, in the testimony of many, it has been life-altering, and those paths have been different because of what they've learned about the world. In medicine, we are ripe to do the same thing. The skill set is there. The skill set that people in medicine and nursing and other health professions have speaks no language. It speaks every language. You can take your skills and put them to work anywhere in the world, all six billion people. And yet, getting there is difficult, particularly for health professionals who 
frankly, are virtually mid-career by the time they're ready to go. We're not talking about a kid out of college who's got, you know, two years to burn with his backpack. We're talking about people in medicine who've got $150,000 of debt. They've got a spouse and children, and they're 32 years old, and they want to serve, but there's no way they can go if they don't get some help. Right. What kind of incentives do you think could be utilized to recruit those people that you're referring to? Well, the concept of the Global Health Service is basically a package of incentives, different kinds of incentives. The first would be a Global Health Service core, which would be a government agency where federally employed people like the National Health Service Corps would work internationally in concert with other organizations of government, State Department, CDC, others who work abroad. That would be a small career track for people really dedicated to global health. A second, we thought, would be a loan repayment program for people who are going abroad or want to go abroad, but can't do it unless somebody pays the banker. This is particularly true in medicine, but in nursing and pharmacy, folks have loans. And if you not only kept the banker at bay, but paid the loan down while doing global health service, it would be a terrific trade-off and work as it has worked very effectively with the National Health Service Corps. Third, we conceived of a fellowship program, kind of like the Fulbright Fellowships, that would provide uh, money to assist with going abroad and a kind of lifetime achievement award. I mean, people many years later say, well, I was a Fulbright to India in my 20s or 30s or whatever. This would be the same thing. It could be named after some very important figure in in global health. Uh, And then we thought additionally a website that was a kind of approved one-stop shopping for everybody interested in going abroad that would include information about uh, opportunities in developing countries, medical opportunities, health opportunities, information about organizations sending people abroad, health and technical issues what you need to get in the way of certification to practice in this country or that. And finally, twinning, which would be money to encourage institutions to pick a partner, so medical school to medical school, nursing school to nursing school, health department to health department, for the purpose of sending personnel to work on uh, on health problems. So we thought that group of programs, which, as we costed it out, would be quite modest in terms of the gigantic amounts of money uh, being spent, even in global health, would be a very important start for a Peace Corps for Health, a global health service. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Kathleen Margolin, and my guest is Dr. Fitzhugh Mullen of George Washington University School of Public Health and School of Medicine. He is the author of a recent Journal of the American Medical Association article, Responding to the Global HIV-AIDS Crisis, a Peace Corps for Health. Dr. Mullen, you mentioned some of the challenges for recruiting these young professionals to uh, join this Peace Corps for Health and some terrific solutions that um, have been generated. Uh, Is there enough interest among young Americans to tackle the world's toughest health problems with the Peace Corps for Health? From every indication that I have, both anecdotal and data-driven, there's huge interest among young health professionals, among health professionals in general, but particularly among young ones who've got the latitude to move in global health. The Association of American Medical Colleges asks a question every year uh, of graduating medical students about uh, uh, work abroad. And over the last decade, the number of uh, graduating medical students who spend time abroad has doubled. It's 28% currently. There is an enormous a wellhead of interest stated by the American Medical Student Association and others associated with young doctors. There's a new program that's sponsored by the Baylor College of Medicine, and the Bristol-Myers Squibb Company called the Pediatric AIDS Corps, uh, which started uh, July 2006. 
in which they are sending 50 pediatricians and family physicians uh, to southern Africa to work in six different countries on pediatric AIDS. They offer them a uh, $40,000 loan repayment per year, a modest stipend, and some training and travel. They had people lined up around the block uh, wanting to uh, participate. They chose 50, and the 50 they chose for their first class were spectacular. Many people who had been Peace Corps volunteers themselves, as it happens, many who had advanced degrees, uh, masters in public health, PhDs, as well as their medical degrees, uh, many who had been chief residents, and just, uh, again, as a kind of biopsy indicator of what kind of willingness there is to serve abroad for a very modest uh, recompense. I think those are the kinds of indicators I'm getting about the the deep uh, profound eagerness to get out and engage the problems of the world by young doctors. What do you think are going to be the benefits to the U.S. beyond the patients that are treated to um, mobilizing healthcare workers from the U.S.? A term that gets used a lot uh, these days, which I subscribe to, although it's being used so much it's getting a little worn, but is health diplomacy or health as diplomacy. Uh, The Cubans actually have pioneered in this area. As many will know, the Cubans have had a long history of sending physicians abroad. They send them, have sent them to geopolitical areas in which they've been particularly interested, Nicaragua, Angola, Ethiopia in the past, where Cuba's had military engagement. But they've sent them in the past always and now exclusively to areas of need. Uh, they're all over Africa and in countries that are very poor, and there's no particular benefit to Cuba other than uh, the humanitarian aspect of it, which is treating people in need, and the goodwill aspect of it, that here's a country very poor itself that's prepared to share its wealth uh, because it has a very good medical system, medical training system. We could do the same and with tremendous benefits redounding to the United States, uh, as well as uh, showing uh, for a liberal democracy to show that it's not all about uh, trust accounts and uh, stock options, but it's about people with open minds and, and good hearts, uh, and in this case, highly skilled technical training, who are prepared to share. That's what a global health service would be about. What is the cost of a new U.S. global health service? Well, we costed a program that would involve uh, about 150 full-time employed folks, 1,000 loan repayments per year, 1,000 fellowships per year, 100 twinning arrangements, uh, and a a website at something on the order of $150 million uh, a year. Now, to you and me and our household budgets, that sounds like a lot. In terms of the federal budget or even the federal HIV budget, that is nothing. It is about the size of the funding that goes into the National Health Service Corps today. It is uh, about 3 or 4% of the amount of money we're currently spending on PEPFAR, the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief. That's all of the AIDS work. Uh, and in terms of something like Medicare, it is, uh, in terms of health expenditure, it's almost infinitesimal. So for, in budgetary terms, for a very, very modest investment, uh, we could do a great deal of humanitarian work and a great deal of health diplomacy on the part of this country. In terms of the, the expense it would really take to mount the U.S. Global Health Service at the level we've costed it, it in fact is something a little more these days than 12 hours of the uh, U.S. expenditure in Iraq. That's what it would cost for an entire global health enterprise like this. Politically, what would it take to get this done? We need political leadership in terms of sponsorship in the Congress, and there are people talking about that now. Actually, last year, 
shortly after the Institute of Medicine report that originally proposed this was drafted, uh, Senator Frist, then Senator Frist introduced a bill that was similar in content. Uh, Mr. Frist himself, Dr. Frist, had spent time in Africa and was friendly to this, but then he didn't do much to promote it after that, and it uh, didn't go anywhere. Uh, we think now with the new Congress there will be real interest, and this is really a bipartisan issue. This is not a anybody's uh, pet. This is something that speaks to both human need and uh, the positioning of the United States in the world. Thank you for listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Kathleen Margolin, and my guest has been Dr. Fitzhugh Mullen, the Murdoch Head Professor of Medicine and Health Policy at the George Washington University School of Public Health and a professor of pediatrics at the George Washington University School of Medicine. Thank you for the interesting discussion, Dr. Mullen. Thank you, Dr. Margolin. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.